0: Welcome to On the Metal. I'm Brian Cantrell. With me is my boss Steve Talk. Hey, Steve. Hey, good to be here. And we are joined by our colleague, longtime colleague Adam Leventhal. Here, not in the garage. We are in the room we call the litter box. Adam, welcome to Litter Box. Happy to be here. Exactly. So, those of you who have on the metal in your feed may be forgiven for a double take here. We are back at least for a moment. So, in a long time, in a long time. So, if you are an on the metal listener, you know, when we started Oxide in 2019, God, it was so long ago now. Last decade. It's, it's, It's 2023. We started this thing in 2019 and we loved doing on the metal. Great. So many great conversations. And Adam, obviously, you were a listener. Super okay. fan. Super fan. A super fan. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Excuse me. I said listener. I meant super yeah, fan. You were super right. Yeah, exactly. Those are good. And there were so many. Delightful. Yeah. yeah excellent. Yeah. Great guests. Great guests. Great conversations and somewhat annoying ads. <laughs> says you. Oh, man. The listenership, says I think everyone. Says everybody. We did have the listener that sent us the ad that we were like, listen, I'm so sick of your ads. I have made an I've ad made for an you. Ad. i volunteered to record <laughs> right. an ad. It's <laughs> like, it doesn't feel like praise. Exactly. Other than the ads, it was a ton of fun. But then a couple things changed. One, the pandemic hit. And we were doing that all in person and we're like, what's going to happen to On The Metal here? We had, had kind of a half a season recorded. Yeah, didn't, I think we had three episodes. We had three episodes and which we kind of realized after like nine months of lockdown, I don't think On The Metal is coming back anytime soon. I think it's actually time to get that out there. Release the three. Release the three. And then it also just felt like, and then we were also really busy. We had to build the metal. We did have to build the <laughs> metal. Exactly. We did. We had a lot of work to go do. Then a couple of interesting things unfolded in the world more broadly. And one of them was social audio. Were either of you two Clubhouse listeners? Were you a, uh, against of. my will one time? Um, oh, we're going to get to that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort
1: of. I got like an early invite and checked out some stuff. And it was interesting. I'm an Android
0: user. I feel like I'm, oh. like I'm in a safe space. My kids make fun of me. I don't care. And because Steve Jobs is a fascist, we'll get to that. But the You're devout. Exactly. But uh, Clubhouse was not available for Android users. And I was jealous. I was really, Clubhouse. It's a clubhouse. I was outside the clubhouse. Yeah. Oh, no, I was I absolutely felt like you all were in the clubhouse. Now, in Steve's case, he was clubhouse. Yeah, Steve was forced to go into the clubhouse to give a presentation. I mean, dragged dragged. Yeah. I would like to point out that was, I think it was kind of after Clubhouse had crested that Steve was on there. I don't think he was <laughs> I think on, it was the uh, moment it crested, actually. It crested, exactly. if, if you want to if be precise. the downfall yeah. on, on <laughs> pretty, that. Pretty, pretty much. much. That, that exact moment. But I was jealous because it seemed like a great idea. And so I was really waiting for kind of some responses out there. There was this kind of moment where everyone was still in lockdown. We had a, a lot that people wanted to go talk about. And then Twitter Spaces came out. And that was in like early 2021 it Took them a little while to respond. And I was listening for a little bit. And then Adam, I was pitching you on Twitter spaces. I'm like, we got to do this.
1: I mean, pretty soon after it, after it launched. Oh, we were
0: definitely early adopters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if yes. that's where you're going with this, we <laughs> yeah. are early adopters.
1: Yeah. And you had a great blog post on the subject, a lot of enthusiasm. And uh, I remember you saying, Hey, do you want to do this on Monday? And I said, Sure.
0: Sure. Let's do it. That sounds no dumber than some of the other ideas you've got. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, yeah. certainly not the dumbest. It's yeah. Certainly not the dumbest. Yeah, exactly. It's good. Uh, And so we started doing this thing that we have come to call Oxide and Friends. And boy, I did not think it was going to have anywhere near.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was a lark, really. If you had said, do you want to go do this for a couple of years? And, and then and beyond that, I might have passed. <laughs> oh, come on. We've had I mean, so much fun. It is. So, it has been so much fun. I mean, it's surprising that we just. Posted our 70th episode, which it's is crazy. kind of wild. Yeah. That is wild.
0: And so when we started, there was no recording feature in Twitter spaces. Yes. Big sigh. And actually the first Twitter space was not recorded by us.
1: Not recorded by us, recorded by another super fan who like switched on the recording setup. And we sort of have that on uh, YouTube. I think
0: he switched on like the microphone in his room. Yeah. I went back and listened to that. It's rough. It's rough, but it's something. And maybe now's the time. Actually, want to play a clip because I guess I didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. We were just doing this because like, hey, this seems neat. We want to connect with people. It would be fun to see where this thing kind of goes. And the format of that was that, you know, people you've never met before can engage in a conversation. And I had liked a lot of the ones we listened to. So we had this great conversation and it drifted into some really interesting topics. Did we have a subject for that one? What is the subject like? I think the subject was, we're We're, talking on Twitter Spaces. We're talking on Twitter Spaces. Is this thing on? Right, exactly. We didn't necessarily have a particular subject. We're kind of drifting around and it's like getting kind of interesting. And we start talking about engineering culture, something we've talked a lot about on the Spaces, now the Discord, on Oxide and Friends. So we were talking about compensation in particular. We have got a somewhat idiosyncratic compensation model here at Oxide. Our compensation is transparent which is very important, that feels less idiosyncratic than the fact that right now we pay everyone the same. Steve, when you and I started doing this, this was kind of more for practical reasons. I don't think we ever thought we were gonna get to, how many people do we have now? You're 60. 60. 60 people, everyone making the same salary. I don't know how to that was a, that was a future oxide problem. That was a future Oxide problem. I didn't think we would ever get this far. No.
1: in fact, I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard, but I think some of this came from my experience at my last company where we were paying everyone the same salary. That actually broke down once we had more money.
0: Uh, <laughs> but are, are you, you give me a hint here, Adam? Is that another future <laughs> Oxide problem. i just, just, just observations. Right. But we were talking about the fact that we were using this at Oxide, and there was this really interesting contribution telling me something that I definitely did not know. So, what you're going to hear is this person asking if we do this. I definitely didn't know it. You're going to hear my brain almost seize up as it's going wild because I actually, Adam, I did not know that you'd done this. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. Honestly, the reason we did it is because we knew that we were going to be hybrid, local, remote. We were not going to do geo based pay. That was something that was important to us. We had just seen geo based pay turn into an
2: absolute nightmare it gets weird and also practically like what's the rationale for the, the first couple of folks in the door that are basically building this thing from the ground up getting paid right something Sorry. different
0: right because you happen to live in a a place where housing happens to be cheaper but other things may be more right. expensive and right. it's like it just doesn't make any sense that's part of the that's why we and actually i did not know that you had done it really yeah it's the, and it's the kind of thing that you don't know you think you're the only one on earth <laughs> who's this kind of crazy and then you begin to learn that other people are doing this. And at this moment, I learned that someone pretty famous had done this. And again, you're going to hear my brain. It just absolutely seize up on it. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to say, I don't know if everybody knew this, but Steve Jobs famously tried this at Next in his early days. And it was it was a failure, but it was slightly different. He, he wanted total transparency, but pay was not equal for everybody. So it turned out to be a disaster. Yeah, I'd be interested to know how, how you guys' experiment works out. So that was incredible. I'm like, Steve Jobs did this at Next? And then you listen to me like, just you know, stumble all over myself. That's I did not know that about Next. Yeah, I think I read that in his biography, uh, the, the official one by uh, Ivex. Yeah, I, it, that does not, that's interesting. I mean, certainly, uh <laughs> his character is, well, that's interesting. I mean, how it would work out. I mean, I'm the guy that's got an Android phone because Steve jobs is the fascist. And now I'm just being told like, wait a minute, Steve jobs has done this thing that you've actually emulated. They don't, by the way, it also didn't work out. So you're just like, what is going on right now? In my brain, yeah, You were
2: trying to keep a sentence coherent through that. And you <laughs> oh, fell down. Oh no, is- absolutely fell down.
0: But And then that really prompted us. I don't think he did read it in the Isaacson's biography. I don't actually even know who that person is still. But we went and read Steve Jobs and the Next Big Thing, which I know all three of us have read. And extraordinary book. And we had a great discussion about it on Oxide and Friends. We had one of these early moments that, that for me, was like, this is something really different and interesting. And the discussion there was great. And then we realized we got to record all these. And Adam, that's where you... (laughs)
1: Twitter did not make it easy. Like clearly they were recording it because we, we did find, but you know, and it was only available on mobile later on. They made it so that you could not, oh, God. am I cutting
0: in and out? No, you're about oh. to say something that is just absolutely oh. enraging about this. Yeah. Yeah. They,
1: they made it so that you could listen on desktop, But not participate, which which tricks up like
0: a lot of our guests. With no like klaxon to the user of like, by the way, it doesn't work to speak. So the user's like, I am doing something wrong. It's like, yes, you're on a laptop. That's what you're doing wrong.
1: (laughs) So early days, it was mobile only for everything, and we wanted to record. And I went through a bunch of different machinations to try to figure out. And what I ended up doing is running an Android emulator on my Mac, (laughs) piping the audio back. Through to record it in QuickTime Player, while I had two sets of headphones on, often trying to like separate it by 20 seconds. Anyway, it was a big Rube Goldberg machine, and it sometimes worked. Hey, it only it only <laughs> failed once. It only, so failed, only, only once. failed once. It yes. only failed once.
0: In which case, we had to download personal data. We had to basically use the European data regulations <laughs> to get our data to be able to get the recording in that yes. case.
1: And later, even when they added recording as like a feature so that you could listen to these things afterwards, you still couldn't download it. They wanted you on their platform, which I guess made sense or whatever. And they deleted it after 30 days, which I sucked. Guess, I don't know, whatever. The pipeline got simpler, but um, we were still doing our own homebrew.
0: And it was clear that like this content was just going to be golden. I mean, it, yeah. was, it just, the conversations were great. It's something we wanted to go re-listen to. So I think all three of us have gone back and re-listened to a bunch of it. In preparation to kind of reintroduce people to it, introduce people to it. Cause if you're a listener of On the Metal, you're gonna really love the back catalog of, of Oxide and Friends. So Steve, is there a favorite moment that you had or a favorite episode, favorite moment? I mean, there are a lot to pick from here.
2: Yeah, there's a lot to pick from. I don't I don't wanna maybe not call it a favorite, but for me, the ones where we've had folks on getting into the lower level details of how hardware is built, because I am still just Blown away and fascinated by the just the intricate details for some of the subcomponents of the things that need to be done to make a piece of electronics work. Yeah, it's amazing. It is amazing. There was an episode, Tales from the Bring Up Lab. Oh man, I love that one. This was early-ish, where fall 2021, we had gotten through schematic and layout of this first prototype board, this first board of the server system that we were building. The team that was there was describing. What we had gone through to get this brought up, and the whole experience itself was was fascinating. Oh, it's amazing! But the thing that struck me about it was the—I mean, there's a bunch that was both terrifying and interesting, but to hear some double E's that had been doing this for a long time themselves being pleasantly surprised with something they did in this particular bring-up, which was having a dedicated person documenting everything. Yeah. Hearing them kind of recognize this insight they had that in long careers of double E, they had not had someone whose entire role was to document everything that was happening and the effects that that has when you, especially in that time when you have, we were in the middle of the the COVID lockdown and being able to have a team that's remote all participate in a bring up because you're doing such a thorough job of documentation. And it was just more like listening to them be appreciating how useful and valuable that had been. I was just fascinated. I was just uh, edge my seat. It,
0: it was so much fun to record that. I also, bring up is not something that teams generally talk about. It is something where it's in the birth canal and then like, <laughs> oh, look, it's a, it's a lovely <laughs> child, lovely baby, lovely infant. And it's like, no, it, it got pretty gritty in there. And every bring up gets gritty. Teams don't generally talk about it. They talk about it around the dinner table or they talk about it around the lunch table, more likely. It's not something that teams talk about publicly. To the best of my knowledge, we're the first team to really talk about it. I would love to be proven wrong because I would binge listen to every team's bring up episodes because they are so mesmerizing. What do you think, Adam?
1: I'll tell you why I love it. We hear about it all hands at the lunch table, whatever. But when we get folks on the show, it slows down to the point where the folks who are not in the trenches, like me, Can actually understand it when we talk about it internally there's sort of an assumption of shared knowledge which isn't necessarily shared as broadly on the team we have 60 folks ranging from apis and uis all the way down to like pcbs and layout and and mechanical so uh, nobody really keeps it all in their head and the great thing about the oxen friends is we slow down and we talk about all these pieces in a way that is intended to be approachable to everyone which has the knock-on effect of being approachable to everyone inside the company
2: as well. Well, I think what's nice with social audio, you've got people that are raising their hand, chiming in and saying, what does that mean? Right, totally. What is that acronym? And there's a bunch of them. And and so it forces a slowdown and a description of these things in ways that, yeah, we definitely do not.
1: And it's just magical. I mean, just the kinds of stuff that we are doing to build these boards
0: is incredible and and blows my mind. Yeah, and you're still getting the vibe of the team talking with themselves, which is part of what I love. We all get to be a part of the team at the bar recounting these tales from Bring Up. Again, all these teams have this, but it's is something that you have not generally had transparency around. And if you are a younger engineer or if you're just someone who's not at that layer of the stack, this is like, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, Adam, it reminds me and something that I have felt over and over and over again during the recording of this, because one thing that has struck me is the number of younger engineers that have reached out and said, I loving Oxide and Friends. I love listening to this stuff. And you know, by the time you know the fifth or sixth person does this, you're like, what, "What is going on here?" And what I realized is like, "Oh, what's going on?" Is the same thing that you and I benefited from when we were younger engineers. Adam we used to go to dinner. When did we go to dinner with the team? On Monday night. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Right. Holy smokes! I, that even occurred to me. <laughs> at Monday at like five p.m. Yeah. We would gather and go to dinner in this restaurant in Palo Alto, and. For years and years and years, that's what we did every week. And there would be guests from around like, it was kind of like whoever like was in Bonwick's office at 5 that's PM right. on Monday, basically. But man, I felt like there was so much wisdom that we got. I mean, like the Roger Faulkner is now deceased and Roger was a, was a pioneer a pioneer and was always there yeah. and got so many, I just felt like I was absorbing so much wisdom around that table yeah. where we are now working remotely. Yeah that has disappeared and actually social audio is actually bringing it back in a way that is better than it ever was. It's recorded, it's open. Now it doesn't matter where you are around the world. You get to be there with this extraordinary team as they are at the bar talking about the tales of bring up. I think it was. Before
2: this era podcasts were doing some of that before it got washed out with in the VC playbook, everyone having a (laughs) podcast, but. I just remember the first episode we did of On the Metal and when we got done with it, with Jeff Rothschild, it was him reflecting on like, I've never told these stories. It's crazy. Like, it you know, we not? it's like his reflection was just like, my family is going to enjoy this because they always lament the fact that I don't talk about a bunch of the stuff that I did. And that was when it struck me. How do we get more of these stories laid down? That's right. And what's great about social audio is you get that same forum of someone being able to just kind of go, but then you get the engagement of people that can slow it down or can kind of give a new insight. So it's been fun. It's great
1: having folks drop in like old friends and folks we'd never seen before.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the,
0: I know I wanted to say friends of the pod, but you know, I know that I'm going to be called out for to talk about VC podcasts. I, 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 exactly. I feel disgusted with myself. It's been terrific. And Adam, I know you've had a lot of favorite moments. I had a great time listening to a bunch of. Wait, wait hold on. Wait a minute. If we're going to talk about moments with you, can't we talk about the moment? I think we got to lead off. I mean, we can't save it for the grand finale. We've got to lead off with what I think all three of us think is the greatest single moment. We had a special guest. But especially because, as
1: I recall, Brian, this was one of our first book authors. No, that, that, I think that's not quite right.
0: But That is not right. But it is because we had uh, G. Pascal Zachary. That's
1: right. That's right. So I remember this was early in 22 and you had read a book about Flying Blind, about the 787 MAX and the disasters there. And you had reached out to the author of the book and, yeah. he'd, and he'd gotten back to you. And, and, which was, <laughs> was <like> incredible. <laughs> Oh, it's kind of wild. I mean, just think someone outside of our
0: domain who was excited to appear on the show. It was great. I just like DM'd him or whatever yeah. on Twitter. And, and he responded.
1: In ways that were not unique. He had audio problems. Persistent theme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ongoing. <laughs> um <laughs> And so anyway, he, he moved around his house and finally moved into a final location. And, And, uh,
0: yeah, let's play the clip. clip. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let's go to the clip. So this is the clip of now there's clearly a distraction in this room that has been brewing for quite some time. This is uh, now Adam making a very, making a very really insightful question here.
1: Well, Peter, you were, you you mentioned in the book, uh, the, the parallels with Enron. And I just listened to a great podcast about Enron and I was fascinated about it in like Day in two thousand three, two thousand four, um, was it that same kind of underlying mentality? <laughs> I and, know. And and bravo to your child or, or roommate who, who <laughs> <into> practices.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god!
2: Dying. Uh, oh my god! So, so you can hear the doorbell in the background too.
0: There is so much that I love about that. <laughs> there is, I love the fact that the clarinet is actually building to its crescendo. As you are hitting, like, as you are trying to talk over it, it is actually. I mean, it's it's. Oh, om- it's, it's getting
2: uh, to the jingle all the way. Uh, it, okay, and- so unlike the earlier clip, you did do a remarkable job of keeping your train of thought oh my God. and oh. continuing your sentence. Okay, no, so a remarkable job of continuing the
0: sentence, and then part of what I love about that moment, and I laugh every time I listen to it, is because I just love and Bravo to your <laughs> your friend or roommate or oh. I just you know talk about like the literal would roll, right yeah. roll right in and. I mean, fortunately, he had a very good sense of humor.
1: God, I just remember just trying to hold that sentence together. <laughs> just like, keep the wheels on this thing while the clarinet. It gets is, louder. It's getting it's louder serenading louder.
0: God, it was so brutal. And I also feel like there's a couple of times that this has happened where for whatever reason, you are getting run over. You're trying to ask a question and you are getting run over by someone else or something. Uh, no, I thought that was just. Oh,
2: I'm dying. Oh, yeah. it was so great. And he was terrific.
0: Oh my god, that the book is great. First yeah. of all, I mean, flying, speaking, flying of, mind, speaking of
2: holding it together, though, I think one thing that was impressive listening to it again and again is, despite the stumbles, the clarinet player hung in through the stanza, like <laughs> finished that out regardless <laughs> right. of where it was going.
1: Needed to fumble around for a couple of notes, a bit but of a got crash there.
0: landing, but like <laughs> everyone, well, liked. it's almost as if you are playing in the room, and you almost <laughs> wonder this is what's happening. And the While clarinet's like, talking. "I'm sorry, like I am like this." Jackass is talking over my practice here, and I'm going to like, really, I'm going to belt okay. it out. Yeah. yeah, I am going to win oh. this duel, but it was that really was a great episode. It was a great episode. That was one of the early ones where it's like, we can just ask people. Yeah. like people might just show up
1: the worst we hear is now. Yeah. The worst we hear is now.
0: But you sent that one to your to your folks, I think,
1: right? Yeah. So the, the episodes that I think are pretty approachable, I send, you know, send to my friends, send to my parents. I sent that one to my dad. And then later I sent the the one with Sean Silkoff where we talked about BlackBerry. That was so much fun. Really fun. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm glad on this episode uh, you sorted out the audio problems <laughs> before, you know, 20 minutes in rather than uh, waiting for the guest. I was like, well, to bring me back down to earth, dad, thanks.
0: Well, and this is one of the things we had asked Twitter Spaces about. We had a lot of, a lot of requests for enhancement for them. One of them was just a green room where we could actually do a mic check beforehand and yeah. just get like the audio problems worked out. But I think we got pretty good at rolling through audio problems.
1: Yeah, we did. I mean, it, it was the surprise audio problems, right? Do you remember early days of Twitter Spaces? There would be a memory leak and your phone would crash. My phone and would die. You couldn't rejoin. It was just shenanigans. It uh, did sort of get
0: sorted out. Favorite Twitter Spaces bug? So I, my favorite Twitter spaces bug is the one where one of the tracks would cut out for some number of people.
1: Uh, yeah. When it, when it was some sort of partition,
0: it, the, total split brain, the yeah. whole like Twitter space goes split brain and hijinks result.
1: I liked the failure mode where we had no host and you had been kicked out and, <laughs> and then nobody could get back in, but That's people fun. could still talk. Yeah. And then you'd be
0: furiously DMing me, like what's going on? Right, exactly. So yeah, Adam, that, that, sorry. I didn't mean to take that moment away from you. I just felt like that was the, the clarinet moment has to be the- You got to get it out of the way. Yeah, got to get it out of, so out of the way because they, at the top. So what, you, what are some other ones that are that were particularly memorable for you?
1: Oh man, well, I went back and listened to the episode on on Hubris, our embedded operating system. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had Cliff on and, and Steve Klabnick of Biffle and great episode, uh, talking about some great engineering work. One of my favorite pieces of that, listen to it back was how Cliff talked not just about architecting the right system, but architecting the right system for the team. Yeah, And I think that that struck me as really insightful. It's not just enough to build the right thing, but it, all of these holistic conditions from business, but also the team that you have and you need to build something that accommodates all of that.
0: Yeah. I got to say also, I actually deliberately, I don't know if either of you two did this, I want to go to like an episode that like, I don't know, maybe it was like a throwaway episode or wasn't very good. And I just could not find one that I didn't really enjoy. I mean, that they were really, in fact, actually one of the early episodes that I really enjoyed was when we had no plan. Just the potpourri episode? Uh, Pope, I was going to go with Books in the Box. Books in the Box, that was a good one too. We are we're like, shit, we have no plan. Has anyone read a good book recently? And I have to tell you, I have always wanted to be in a book club. I have secretly wanted to be in a book club. Have you
1: never been in a yeah, book club? I've never been in a book club. Hmm. I've never been
0: in a book club, but I've wanted to be in a book club. But I also want to be in a book club. 65 I, years old and never been in a book club. <laughs> this is tough. Uh, disconcerting. Uh, uh, closer <laughs> to true than not, sadly. But the I, I realized that, like when, especially in that Books in the Box episode, which was amazing, and there were so many good suggestions that came out of that that I ended up reading Ian had just was, had tons of great suggestions in that one, the, yeah. the blockbuster book. I mean, there's a, a bunch of great stuff in there that Steve, I think you've read a bunch of those too. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That and the, the other one that was great was the, the podcast oh, yeah. episode where it was yeah. just people again, kind of books in the box, podcasts in the box yeah. and folks were, were making just tons of recommendations of podcasts that were all over the place. I mean, just very, very different domains and,
0: and I love Jeremy's recommendation of play was, oh, oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, that was terrific. I love these episodes where we kind of threw it open and, you know, asked folks for, you know, what have you been enjoying out there? And I just feel we got really great stuff. Out totally. Of
1: that. Yeah. Every time we do that, I feel like it's a bit of a stage dive where I'm it's not, not stage like dive. I'm not, I'm not really sure if everyone's going to catch us, but <laughs> right. they always have, right. They like, uh, you know, I wonder if it's going to be a five minute episode where we talk about our three favorite podcasts and then that's it. But they always go two hours.
0: You know, another terrific contribution that we had from someone in kind of the broader community. So we would often talk about tweets that yeah. we kind of came up. I think we did a better job as time went on of making sure we specify the tweet that we're talking about, I think. Yeah. For those of you
1: who are digging into the back catalog, just take a look at the show notes if you're confused about how we got wherever we are.
0: Right. And because you can say like, you know, we'll come in we're like, oh, my God, what a crazy day today has been. You're like, because something has been on the Internet that has been, that has been very buzzy. But one of the things that came up was Dijkstra's quote about street basic. You remember this? I do. Yeah. And then someone had authored this great tweet that I asked him to actually read aloud. So here's Tim Barnum reading from his tweet that is William Gibson inspired with a Dijkstra twist. Let's listen in.
1: Case
3: snapped the ROM into his deck and paused. His ice stayed quiet. A new shape flickered in the corner of his vision, strobing amber at 60 hertz.
1: He turned to squint at the glowing text. It was street basic, a cowboy's mother tongue.
0: Oh, beautiful. Uh, it's just- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's uh, so great. We're doing poetry readings over here. We're doing literature readings. I, I love that kind of flexibility, and, and I love having the having different folks come in and talk about the things that are important to them.
1: Yeah. You know, another one of my favorites was I've had Stephen O'Grady on a couple of times. Oh yeah. Once for predictions. were Terrific. Those, Those are, are great. Yeah.
0: The other time was
1: around this blog post he had done called dead end about sort of ostensible open source, this sort of right. um, not commons clause, but sort of clawing back types uh, of open source. I thought it was about
0: baseball and then we got to that. <laughs> Is that, am I thinking of a different one? Only the
1: first 15 minutes were oh, about baseball, got it. okay? Got it, got it. And, I mean, and it was the playoff.
0: You know, those in glass houses. I mean, honestly, I I,
1: I think. <laughs> All right. So after the baseball, Steven's always great, but uh, it, it was a really interesting topic. And I think like open source comes up a lot. And I think it, it was great, a, a great lens on
0: the subject. When is another one of these where I think that it's helpful for people to hear people discuss what their current thinking is around one of these topics and where we're getting into things that that you're not going to hear in other places necessarily.
2: Hearing Steven in his own voice for sure. Steve, did you have another another moment that you enjoyed? I swear these are not the only ones, but I'm just coming to mind right now. I'm thinking about another one that was a particular Oxide employee who was joining to give a perspective on a, a domain that there isn't a whole lot of conversation about, or at least is, is a domain that I've been very educated in over the last two years. This could be one of only like 14 different topics. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we definitely haven't seen Yeah, down. You guess where this might be going. I, yeah, I got some hunches. But we had Kate Hicks on and Kate heads up operations at Oxide. And The topic at the time, we were in a situation where kind of the global supply chain was massively impacted by... COVID. And yeah. we were navigating a pretty complicated supply chain situation and just a bunch of great insights and just details about so good. suppliers and sub suppliers. And so there were a couple of things that were notable there, but getting into like the whole broker dealer underworld, because like oh, that, that it's, it's dirty. Folks are so used to, oh, well, my switch is on a 52 week lead time. Or even if they're getting into parts, they're like, "Mm, we're waiting on these fans. These fans are taking a year. And rarely are folks kind of let behind the curtain of there's like 62 parts in that fan. And it's one of those 62 parts that is holding everything up. Also it's a fat. It's always a fat. Always a fat. (laughs) It's what it feels like. Or uh, yeah. always Always from TI. That's not uncommon knowledge, but that thing is accessible depending on the lengths you're willing to go. And kind of walking that trip into that CD underbelly of the broker dealer market. And, and well, and then the Sanyo Denke story
0: was amazing. That episode may have the distinction of being the first one that I really wanted to get on Hacker News. Because there've been a couple of these it's like I, I want to get this in front of technologists. Like technologists should know this. And I and Adam, I'm sure you felt the same way. I mean, I yep. felt like that was so eye-opening about totally. so much.
1: Yeah, because we hear about the supply chain, supply chain problems, but Kate went into such great depth and made it so approachable and kind of focused on this, on this real problem and real solution we had. It was just amazing. So interesting,
0: yeah. It was amazing. And so, yeah, that I actually got into what's called the second chance pool at Hacker News. Cause I know that like this thing, you spit something to Hacker News, there's so much that's submitted there. It can kind of wash through, but they have a second chance pool that they create for really technically interesting content. And they've been, hanging Hacker News has been great about accommodating some of this content. That was some of the first that we got in there. And it was, uh, a lot of fun to introduce that to more than just Oxide and, and more than just the folks that are immediately following the podcast. One change we should mention that was very important for Oxide and Friends is Adam, you actually getting this as a proper RSS feed. When did you do that? That would have been in like somewhat early 2022. I feel yeah. like it was a New Year's resolution. Was, in so, so we had our prediction episode
1: prediction slash that resolution episode. And I think I got to it in like March or something. So right. that's still fairly respectable, you know? It's like great. No. It was- I, I hadn't quit the gym yet or anything. <laughs> right, right. Uh, right, right, right. And so, yeah, I I piled up all the back episodes on the janky API calls, but made it happen. And yeah, we've been dropping them ever since into a proper podcast.
0: Hey yeah, you didn't have to run an Android emulator on the Mac in order to actually <laughs> generate the podcast feed. No, so it was, no. uh, all of this is improvement. Uh, that's been huge. I think the number of people were like, "Look, I love Oxide and friends, but there's no podcast feed." It's like, no, no, there actually is a podcast feed. So yeah,
1: yeah, because we first we put it on YouTube. That was the easiest distribution mechanism. Usually, we let it sit there for a couple of days to see if i fucked up the recording right which mostly i i haven't but occasionally i have every once in a while every once in a while and then we you know move it over to the podcast in, in with some show notes
0: but it is uh and we've been kind of shortening that latency as yeah. people have been demanding it honestly people have been like hey i i really want to listen to this thing and i'm unable to apparently click on youtube don't understand that but it's, yeah. i mean i actually appreciate it too i love having it in a podcast so that has been Huge, absolutely huge. Brian, any other favorite moments that you'd call out? Well, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I've got a bunch here. One that like, well, look, let's just get through this one just so we can, then I've got something embarrassing to disclose coming out of it. I mean, there's really only one word to describe today, honestly.
1: <laughs> Some sort of firestorm?
0: Um, a firestorm <laughs> doesn't quite capture it. I feel like a firestorm,
1: but like, but, but broader, hotter, Mm-mm. Really. <laughs> if only there were
0: a good descriptor conflagration there you go it it. still sounds so wrong it still sounds like i it it sounds like i feel like i'm saying like congregation i feel like i i I visually like i'm visualizing a pew engulfed in flames Hmm. i love your Mm. "Mm." on that one like (laughs) it's just like delightful uh. Hmm. Hmm. look, I'm hmm.
1: trying to give you the yes and, but this is as far as I can go. No,
0: I'm going to give you a, hmm, and let's just, I, I don't know. I would, we would say clean up and post, but I'm really not going to do that. So I'm just going to let you hang out there. <laughs> but that
1: sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I'm just to
0: let you dangle out there in the wind. It's like, it doesn't really sound like that at all. And also like, by the way, everyone else is pronouncing this word correctly. This is only you think. Because you, you had tweeted that, right? I had tweeted that, that yes. And as it turns it, out. You tweeted, to be
1: clear, that you had been pronouncing a word correctly. incorrectly. For decades. Which were decades? Conflagration. We
0: Please don't say it the way I used to say it because <laughs> my brain is really struggling right now. And I you know. know, one of the things that I was worried about coming into this is I obviously live in fear of your supercuts. <laughs> one of the supercuts, I really, I should not say this. This is a huge mistake. Oh, you pronouncing words wrong? Me pronouncing conflagration wrong there after that episode. <laughs> Did you continue to do it? I, apparently, I was like, <sighs> as, as I was listening to episodes, I'm like, that's funny. I thought this episode was after the deck ep- nope, episode, but is. I just mispronounced conflagration. Like that can't, oh my God. Oh no. And then I'm like, Adam is like two steps ahead of me. It's like, where in the world is Carmen Diego? It's like Adam Levithal just left here making a supercut. Like, oh God damn it. I'm going to come in here to a supercut uh, of me saying, it's like, here, here are the words that you pronounce incorrectly, even after the entire internet has corrected your pronunciation. Like, <laughs> oh boy, here we go.
1: My favorite one of those was Ovid. You're oh, pronouncing Ovid. Oh, I, oh,
0: Ovid. You know what's pathetic? Is when you said my favorite one of those, I'm like, this could be a- Literally anything. <laughs> no, no, no. How Some about, new thing I had How about when you? I was also mispronouncing, and then I think in that same episode, I'm like kind of a hagiography. Hey, and Dan is like, I think you mean hagiography. <laughs> and I'm like, get out. Get out. Leave. Leave the- uh, uh, Yeah, Ovid- is not Ovid. No, right? it's Ovid. Ovid. And
1: I, I like that I hit you up afterwards, and you had said that your your wife Bridget, who has also been on the show, kind of was listening in and said, "Oh, I thought that was an Americanism. I thought,
0: I don't know. I mean, obviously you were pronouncing it wrong, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I know. I it's, it was really, uh, and I, then also the one that I also I've just decided that like, screw it, I'm just not going to say this word anymore. You know, where, is biopic, mm. which mm. I was saying biopic. It's a tough one. It's I don't. You can, get no, ar- it, you can, you can work your way around it's, that. It's, I, yeah. I, unfortunately, you can get away with that. Yeah. You can get away with not using biopic for sure. Yeah, it doesn't come up that much. When you say it's a tough one, you, I, we, we all know what you're saying there. It's like a tough one. Like I can see you're struggling with this. And then you're just <laughs> like, cause you, you obviously, I'm sorry. You feel that way. I was yeah. exactly, that's right. I am sorry you feel that way. And actually that was a, that's the rise and fall of deck, which was also a great, it's been interesting to see kind of the episodes of the internet. Is particularly interested in. Yeah, that one yeah. I think is a really interesting one. I really enjoyed yeah. that one. We would we. I, I think I was reflecting on the six different books I'd read. Right. I mean, back. you
1: say you've never been part of a book club. I feel like no. A this bunch of a, episodes have been your book. No, club I here. am. Like, are, you like, you I am a book, book club, club now. Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: And I'm I'm getting like all of the advantages of the book club without having to read Snow Falling on Cedars at gunpoint or the whatever. Furnace, when, yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is like no no offense to fine literature that's out there. Of course,
1: there was another <laughs> there's another good one. I don't know. Do you remember the potpourri episode? Yeah, I am. Where, where you, you started by baring your soul and explaining that you were saying
0: potpourri, but really you were thinking potpourri. Are we back to more words? I, I okay. We are, yeah. and apparently I, okay. Yeah, anyway. but, but I, You know, I did not re listen to this episode in preparation for this conversation. so, this, this so was really, a, I'm I, having to take you at your word right I, now and it's really I, uncomfortable. I know, but I,
1: I loved this episode <laughs> because we had no topic. I mean, we kept on wandering from topic to topic saying that we would get back to the topic, whatever it was. And then just ended the episode
0: having wandered through the wilderness. It was great. Yeah. Feels, it was a fun one. Yeah. It feels very postmodern <laughs> and scene because I have not re-listened to that one recently. Was it? Yeah. It was sort of a random walk, but it was fun. I don't know. It was a good time. I like the, yeah, I actually like the, the random walks. So another one that I think has some of the issues that we've tackled. So we, we've gone into really technical issues. We've got, a, you know, Steve, you mentioned bring up episodes. We've got compliance episode we did recently, which I, Love. That is another mind-blowing yeah. mind-blowing process. We had some great episodes on Rust. We've had some episodes that have gone into real deep, obviously on you mentioned the one on hubris, going into real deep technical detail. But then we've also had episodes that we've gone into some more of the social sides of engineering, of software engineering. And a lot of those have been really important too. And it's kind of been interesting to listen to those even in 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 hindsight, because now the as young as this thing is, it now spans a period of time where Things have really turned and we have gone from on the way up. One of the things we we're talking about was all of the various fraudsters <laughs> that it, I don't, I got to play this clip just because you had a terrific idea during one of our episodes on this, the episode actually on Theranos.
1: The number of people impacted by Theranos is, is pretty, pretty tough to beat. And the duration of the fraud is also pretty impressive.
0: Okay, so to be, yeah. But maybe yeah. we need
1: some kind of bracket like NCAA style tournament. Oh, this is a
0: great idea. Of fraudster, a March Madness of Silicon Valley fraudsters.
3: Oh, this is great. <laughs> All
0: right, I got to ask you, how long were you sitting on that one before? It almost, it I was in to- the moment. No, you think I can hold on to these things? <laughs> was was off the cuff. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good idea. It really yeah. is. And we rattle off a couple. I think actually, let's we'll, we'll, we'll continue. We'll all we'll, continue to play it. You can get some of the ones we rattled off. No, I think they're definitely. So you're saying that is a final four matchup, is what you're trying to say? Oh, oh it, 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 definitely. Right. Definitely. Right? Like, could go anyway. <laughs> those are one seeds. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. They're both coming in as one seeds. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. They're they're definitely high seeds. And then so so I, just to like so I get the whole bracket. So are we putting like Ubiome biome and Ubeam, beam? Are they coming in as like are 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 they do they have a play in game? The, there's like some. Those are a Cinderella story. <laughs> <laughs> Those are a Cinderella story. Okay. I, I, they're in my bracket. I love that. I love the idea of a bracket. I feel like there's a big one that we missed in that whole conversation that Stephen, I you and I have been been boning up on is Nikola.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I was hoping you'd say Nikola. Yeah. Because that was the second season of bad bets. Oh, right. bad right. yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you listened to that as one. Of and it There's, is loved it. I mean, it's, oh my it's God.
2: horrifying.
0: They are, I mean, and lesser known. I feel like lesser known, I mean, it was but off my radar, I off my radar, but I feel it's coming into March madness. I think it, I mean, it's here to win. It, it, oh, it's it's strong. strong. Yeah. It's not here to play. It's yeah, a one I mean, seed.
1: Yeah. Amazing. I mean, amazing how little was there. I mean, they're going to lose Theranos cause like Ultimately, nobody, I mean, nobody on, had then. to go to the ER, but, <laughs> right. but like, you, I mean, how can they, are the best, you know,
2: it's yeah. The, 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 notion of that commercial where they had like pushed the truck to get it rolling down the hill <laughs> and filmed it because they found the one, this like 3.8 mile stretch where there was a, uh, was enough downward grade just downhill enough. where it exactly. would continue to look like it was driving and the, 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 the driver that had been hired for the day, just no one had found him and they found him and he's like, Oh yeah, that thing was never on. <laughs> it's it's amazing zero inflation times i mean zero zero interest times zero interest, yeah exactly
0: but i I love us kind of getting into some of these issues about you know principled engineering about how i mean i think some of our uh, the episodes we've done on engineering culture have been really important and valuable so
1: we did one on engineering incentives
0: like sort of related
1: i remember kind of having this revelation during it like talking about oxide culture and i got a clip
0: yeah 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 Yeah. we'll pull that one up
1: I think people do whatever the culture that they're in. I forms, think that's right. Yeah. By and large. Right. I agree. Right. Yeah. Like, like just, you know, squishy humans kind of react to other squishy humans, and that's what we do. And so, you know, I was thinking about it at Oxide, and one of the things that is kind of a strong incentive is like demo yeah. day. People like having a thing to demo at demo day. And we also do a good job of applauding not just the newest, shiniest, wizziest thing, but someone's test infrastructure that lets us robustly test some really annoying to test part of the system. Totally,
0: and so we we do demos every Friday. It is totally unstructured, it is basically like it is a forum for people to demonstrate their work. There's no more structure to it than that. We don't grade people on it. People are not required to do it. Some people do it frequently, others do it infrequently. I had, totally it, right. It hadn't,
1: hadn't really occurred to me that that was like the thing that people worked towards, but it is, like Oh, that's absolutely, that is what toward.
0: Toward. It, it is absolutely what you work towards. And I think that we, you know, that was one of those things that we kind of formalized a little late, it was kind of happening informally. And I remember actually, I, when did we even start it? It was a year in for yeah, sure, yeah. or yeah, later. A year, year and a half ago. Individuals were kind of like, I'm going to demo this to other folks that in my immediate right. proximity. And I remember at one point Aryan being like, hey, I'm a little bit jealous about what was going on with that. Yeah, I want to demo something too like, all right, we need to actually just do this company wide. And that's been great.
2: Yeah. Well, the ones that are so rich are where you've got someone demoing something that it benefits everyone else in the room. Oh yeah. And and
1: often uh, someone benefiting something that is the next layer on top of
0: 15 other layers that 15 other people have constructed. You're totally right about it being an engineering incentive people. I, I want to build on the work of other people and then I want to show it to everybody. It's yeah. been great.
1: And it's a reflection of our bio, uh, of our values in terms of like getting work done, demonstrating the work, like making forward progress as the yardstick of, of success. Yeah.
2: One of my favorites was uh, anchored in that, which was the one on proto boards. Oh, oh my goodness. That was
1: so much fun. That might be an ulti- like definitely top five. Kind it's of, crazy. Yeah.
2: Cause he, that could be
0: five episodes. And I, 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 I think four of those episodes would be Adam explaining how he was able <laughs> to interleave the, the screenshots <laughs> oh, into the, in, yeah, into the
1: MP3. So if you watch it on your phone or if you listen to the podcast on your phone, like keep an eye
0: on the images. Cause they're going to rotate through the protoboards. which That's was a huge amount of work, but pain. it was,
2: it, it was really important
0: for that episode. Those, oh, it's mesmerizing. It's
2: mesmerizing. And, yeah, and I mean, great. it opens like, talk about a strong cinematic opening. It opens with Nathaniel talking about his DIY pick and place machine. Oh, yeah, right. Which is just, I mean, if you've been oh, on okay. a factory floor where you watch these pick and place machines that are themselves mesmerizing and unbelievable, building one of those at home and then just demoing it casually for this nine panel. The, the set of boards that he is like changing his 40 parts per board. That was nuts. It's great. That was and nuts. it's
0: been, I mean, I also love that because that's not something that people talk about. People talk about proto boards kind of in the hobbyist world, but the idea that like, actually these simple quick two, four layer boards actually are very valuable for much bigger engineering that, that, that these little boards are not just, home lab kind of stuff, that this is stuff that actually plays a real load bearing role. So that was a lot of fun. Oh my God. that was much fun. It tacked
1: into a theme that it's obvious in hindsight, but if you listen to a couple of these episodes. We talk about tooling a lot, a lot. but we talk about the work that we do to make the work easier a lot. And it's really important to us. That's another really important aspect of the culture, but important aspect of engineering culture writ large that folks don't talk about enough, but protoboards boards and hardware to debugging infrastructure to like, various kinds of tooling. Like we talk about it a bunch because it's really important to it's us. It's
0: really important. And I think, and I, I say this with confidence that there are listeners who have listened to that and we have given them the confidence to speak up in their own organization yeah. saying, hey, we should actually spend some time on the infrastructure here. We should spend some time on the tooling. We should spend some time debugging this problem and getting to root cause. I and mean, we've talked about actual, debugging actual issues. I loved having Dave on the 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 Odyssey that he was debugging. We had uh, George, George and Lukeman. Lukeman. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. And,
1: and, and, so, and them talking about sometimes getting stuck and when you're stuck, building a tool.
0: Yeah. And maybe it helps you today and maybe it
1: helps you tomorrow. But you know, Jordan in particular talked about a bunch of tools that various people had built, including herself over the years, bringing a lot of those to bear in that moment. And then taking a moment to think,
0: what would we have done without those? Is- to suffer. We know what we would have done because we were suffering without those. No, it, it, it would have been absolutely awful. There was another moment, Adam, that I think that you had gravitated to when my doppelganger.
1: <laughs> well, so have, how many folks would you guess have been on the show. Oh my God. I've got no idea. Unique or is this people unique, per unique, episode? Unique people. Unique friends of the show.
2: God. I feel like I'm going to under or over guess here. Yeah. Cri- criminally. Okay. You set the line. You set the line.
0: <laughs> under. Under. <laughs> A terrible! Thank line. you,
2: God! Thank you, thank you for
0: that. That's a, what a all gift. I right, mean, under all day, every day. <laughs> <Two different guests. laughs> that the seventy-seven. Uh, yeah, sorry, so, Seven <laughs> guess? Yeah, I Do a real guess? Now, time for the real guesses. <laughs> damn! <it. laughs> Should have paused to <a> beat. <laughs> um, I would say like two twenty. So it was about one hundred and thirty-five. Okay, interesting.
1: Plus or minus, I don't know. Like my my ox grip. Plus was or not minus six hundred, <laughs> Steve. Don't worry. <laughs> one of which was Brian Cantrell. Yes. Spelled anything like your name? In fact,
0: right. right, spelled wrong in all the ways that spelled wrong in all the ways that matter. So let's get Brian Cantrell, please. This is Brian Cantrell. All right, Brian Cantrell. I've asked you to be a speaker, and I'm sure that you and I have gone through. I, did he leave? He left. <laughs> he left. Did it happen? No, no, he's there. The this Twitter Spaces does not make this part easy, but th- I'm sure this person has gone through life. I mean, have we gone through life being confused as one another? This is still how my daughter spells her last name, by the way. So.
2: I have received mentions for you in the past, but, uh, haven't engaged.
0: Wow. I, I'm sorry. I think, think I'm sorry. This is really, you don't need to be sorry. <laughs> okay. Translation. I definitely need to be sorry. I was I the only one that got that. Like, and then he kind of took off. Yeah. Then he dropped. He's like, look, I've said my, piece. I, I've said my piece. S- stay out of my DMS. <laughs> stay out of my DMS. And like, okay, I've got an apology from you. Doesn't really feel heartfelt, but. You know, it's as good as I'm going to get right now. <laughs> that's true. And I've got, that's as good as I'm going to get. And I w- I've got literally anything else to do right now. I actually don't care what I do. I just don't want to be here. I've said my piece. And th- there've been a couple of moments like that that have been very serendipitous. As we turned, as, as the economy turned a bit, we definitely got into topics that were current. And one of those topics was layoffs. We had an episode that actually, I think, turned out to be we're talking about Stripe's layoffs in particular, but that has really swept through the industry
2: now. Yeah, it was like how Stripe handled it. How Stripe handled it. What? How others have not handled it well. Not handled it as well. Everyone
0: doing these 7% layoffs. But
1: that was even before
0: yeah, it was, yeah, everyone it was. had it was before everyone. number of Yeah. And I feel that one of the things that gets lost is there's a, the humanity underneath this, obviously. And I know one of the things that we feel very strongly about is when you've got folks that are, that working for you on a visa, their relationship to the job is totally different. And this whole idea that, you know, oh, you know, I, yeah, I'll get a job somewhere else. or like, hey, maybe I'll take, I've, I've been wanting to take some time off anyway, and I'm going to take some, that's not the way someone on a visa sees it. Love the, some of the contributions we had from folks who are like, hey, yeah, it's different for me. And I actually want to play. So this is Horace contributing yeah, and he, he made a couple contributions to a couple of them, but this is Horace talking about, about layoffs, why it is especially significant to him.
3: Uh, remind me to get back to the Google. Uh, I want to talk about the Google thing a little bit, but I really came up here to kind of just give my, give my perspective as an immigrant who was on a visa and kind of just give my perspective of like what it really feels like on firsthand because it can be nerve-wracking like to say the least um so there are many different types of visas we talk about h1 a lot um but for example in my case um i came to, i was on on a student visa initially and so with a student visa it allows you to work for a specific give, uh, amount of time and then you either need to transfer to another visa um at h1b which is a lottery or do something else and i rem- well most persons i remember leaving college and stuff like that they can focus on doing what it is they love or going into an industry they like. They're like, like, a lot of my friends, they went into game development and stuff like that. And I remember like for for me and for people like me, top of mind is always going to be like, all right, who supports, who does visa sponsorships, who offers a path to like, say green cards or a path to who will apply for my H1B and that kind of thing. And it makes it a pretty big difference because I remember, for example, I had, I had an offer at a startup did health tech. And I was like pretty excited about that. But then uh, at the time, this was four years ago, and then Microsoft came along and I'm like, well, Microsoft's the one I know will at least apply for my H1B and stuff like that. And so at that point, it becomes a new contest. It doesn't matter if I'll do more boring work or anything like that. It's my future that I'm trying to secure. And then it was the same thing again when I switched over um, because Microsoft started dragging their feet with my green card process. And I was like, okay, I heard I heard that Google's process was really streamlined and pretty fast, and so I, I hopped, out without, hopped over without hesitation, and I was fortunate enough that I was able to get my green card this year before the market like started this nosedive. But I can tell you, if I hadn't gotten my permanent residency, I would be fretting. Even though like Google hasn't done any there's no like speculation about layoffs right now at Google. But isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and I think he and, goes, and uh, that he, is only in November. That is November seventh. And you think that there's no speculation about layoffs. Well, like Google, folks
2: were like, no, Google's not going to lay anyone
0: off. Google's not going to lay anyone off. And God, Horace, we are so glad that you've got your green card. And,
2: the, well, and he goes on to say, like, there's for those that aren't in that situation. It is, you have 60 days to figure out your life. It is, I mean, you, you, it is you, so disruptive and so
0: wrong. And it, I mean, it, it hits you at such a deep level of security in terms of like, your ability to put a roof over your head and provide for your family and that all that is ripped up and taken away from you because, you know, some exec wants to drop an MLK quote into a oh, in, oh, Jesus. And to to my fellow Deutonians. I mean it's like some of the moments that I've really I've been most proud of in in Oxide and Friends is getting to that humanity that's underneath engineering. And I it was a great contribution from Horace. And we had a bunch of other great contributions in that episode, really getting people to kind of to really reflect on on what this actually means.
2: Well, similarly, the, the most recent one that you did, which was on uh, memory safe languages. Oh yeah. And to your point of humanity. I think the the insight that struck me in that one that I just did not occur to me is when you think about a vulnerability because we were talking with a reporter, like what can result in exploit being like a source being compromised, like it resulting in someone potentially being harmed or totally tortured or right. And you're just like, gosh, my brain was not attaching this. Like you should write in memory safe languages to these outcomes. Right. Of an exploit. Yeah. Those, those have been some of the most interesting moments for me is similar again to tech layoff situation and just the humanity. We can't get out of here without talking
0: about Adam's just bullseye prediction.
1: Broken clock is, is right twice a day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't be (laughs) self-effacing. No one actually buys it. So (laughs) just just save your breath, but you had a, a web three prediction. It should be said that, and we mentioned this in the predictions episode, that you and I had done predictions with that crew that went to Austria and on Monday nights. We used to do annual predictions.
1: That's right, in the Solaris kernel group,
0: yeah. Yeah, very much not recorded.
1: No, which led to lots of lots, rule mongering later lots on. Lots of yeah. rule
0: mongering. In particular, the bit that we, the reason that it's, as we've said before, predictions tell you more about the present than they do about the future, and you want to have those predictions that everybody thinks is just a radical prediction, And then it comes true. And then insult is added to injury and people are like, well, yeah, but everyone knew that was going to happen. You're like, no, no, no. You all shouted me down. You told me that I was in this case, we did not shout you down, Adam. You shouted yourself (laughs) down on this prediction.
1: Starting with my web three and my one year, uh, sometimes you bet your, your heart and sometimes you bet your head. And this one is definitely betting my heart.
0: This is 2022. I want to say this is January, 2022. So everyone puts this in context.
1: But my bet is uh, January 3rd, 2023, Web3 is done. Like, we're not talking about Web3. You say it and people don't necessarily remember what you were talking about. It's that this was a deep fad and, uh, and it didn't
0: last. So Web3 is like Ajax. No one can even remember what it stands for. You're
1: like, oh, yeah. No, I think I remember that. That was like uh, during right, the pandemic, right? right? Yeah. It's like-
0: Pretty spot on. Pretty spot on. Pretty spot on. Because at the time, that did not, that felt hopeful. Yeah, it felt hopeful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like I said, you disparaged yourself, yeah, like, right. you yourself before. You literally disparaged yourself before you made the prediction. you yeah. just like, you just like, look, I, <laughs> this
2: is a terrible prediction, but yeah. here we go. Right. <laughs> here we go. With this prediction, web three will soar.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, I put all my money in web three. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. But that was a very good prediction.
0: I love that predictions episode. It was. Yeah. Great. With Steven, right? With Steven yeah, and Kelsey. That is, yeah. And, oh, right. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, great. Kelsey, Kelsey had some great ones. ones. There were some really, really, really good predictions. Another moment um, that I won't necessarily play the clip, but Adam, where you described uh, another great episode that I think is underestimated is the episode titled. I know this, this is Unix, which is actually an episode about support. Yeah. And you wouldn't necessarily know it from the title, but the, <laughs> okay. uh, I
1: picked that title. <laughs> it's a fine title. Is that true that you picked that title? I don't know. I feel not like that
0: good of a title. <laughs> it, it's not the best title, but I think that I assume that I picked that title. Anyway, the, the, the title does not necessarily work. One would not know what a great episode it is from the title. That is a really good. Again, support is one of these things like the supply chain, like bring up, like compliance. It's one of these very important endeavors that we don't really talk about as a first class kind of endeavor. And like, what does it mean to provide great support? It's really important to the three of us, it's really important to this company. And that ended up being, I thought, a really good episode. And I did re listen to that one recently. And I loved, Adam, you had a customer, and this is tough. You got a customer that had hurt themselves in the process of trying to fix themselves and was blaming you for it. Yeah. And you took the unusual, maybe illegal approach of you had told your colleague, well, actually, you know what, I'm going to play this clip. And, and, and then we're actually just going to get what exactly the approach- part of the legal ramifications. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just let's take me out of it.
1: One of my colleagues and my other colleague, the sport engineer, Monta who also worked with us at um, at sun, on the storage appliance. Montha was was off in Colorado. I DM'd Montha and I said, look, I'm going to yell at you, but you did nothing wrong and I want you to know that. And I start laying into him. Montha, how can you do this? We have procedures you know and the customer immediately fessed up. Like the fact that there was this human face being oh over the coals. he was like, you know, we did it. It was our fault. We did it. Now, in the meantime, I was the colleague who I was sitting in the room with did, was not did not know not that aware. this DM exchange was happening. Oh, my God. His jaw hit the floor as I
0: started like laying into this colleague of ours. He had um, no idea that you would equip the colleague with a cackle bladder? That's right. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to insist been... that we got to cacklebladder on that one. Yeah. It's like, how often do you get <laughs> to drop like... cacklebladder into casual conversation? It doesn't happen that frequently. That's right. In,
1: in the word cloud of Oxide and <laughs> friends, who knew that would appear?
2: How many episodes do you have to go through before you can drop in cacklebladder? How quickly did that colleague go to HR that was in the room with you? Colleague no, what?
1: Not, not at all. No, no. The, the, he is- Not, his not if
2: you knew it was good for him. <laughs> no, yeah, after, exactly. <laughs> after that- Not with the weapon pointed at he,
1: him. He said, what happened? And I explained like yeah. the, the DM and, uh, and the tackle bladder. Yeah, I mean he's not really dead, and Martha got up. Yeah, and right, he, he got, got up, and yeah. he's fine. Yeah. fine. Exactly, exactly. Couple oh, of like A couple bench shots right at the end of the sting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> got it. That's an,
0: a, a great episode, and this is like i hadn't even forgotten. what, I mean, the title didn't exactly remind me what that episode was about. I'm like, what even is this one? So the reason it was titled that? No, we don't have to do this.
1: Okay. Okay. No, well, we don't know. No. It was Unix inside the box, and actually, we have a similar kind of we situation. Similar situation. Like situation. Right? Yeah. we have our operating system that, like to the untrained eye, would look like their Linux system. But if someone started poking around, which, which they will not and aren't, aren't going to be able to, but if, if someone were,
0: they would be confused and it would, that familiarity would- Would make it worse. Away.
1: <laughs> it would certainly make
0: it worse. Uh, this was one of several episodes in which I brought up James Garfield. I feel like James Garfield has come, there are a couple like cacklebladder <laughs> only once, James Garfield several times. Center of the word cloud. The center of the word cloud. There's been a lot of James Garfield. I am now also like living somewhat in fear because we have done, done enough that like I don't want to start repeating myself. I do have a finite amount of life experience and I am a little bit worried that i have got some story. I've got to like keep track of the stuff that we've.
2: Oh, that's great. Will, will you actually play the next clip?
0: No. No, I'm kidding, sorry.
2: No. <laughs> exactly, <laughs>
0: damn it. One of the things that has been fun is some of our On The Metal guests have dropped by Oxide and Friends. One of my favorites is Tom Lyon, who, Tom is terrific. The On The Metal with Tom is terrific. Steve, I know that that's, for you, that's the lost episode <laughs> because that was the one that you were out of town the for. The one that
2: I could not be there for.
0: Uh, but but you've got a lot of chance to hang out with Tom since then. Yeah, he's been there a lot. He's been there a lot. Very and fortunate. Really fortunate. Whenever Sun comes up, I mean, he, you know, eighth employee at Sun, really able to speak directly to Sun. And Tom is the is the technologist that we should all want to grow up to be. I mean, he's just, he's still in the game and still in the arena. And such a kind person, generous with his time. And he's also really funny. And so this is in our Rip Optane episode, which I loved. We start off wondering how we are going to bid adieu to to Optane. How are we going to do this? And Tom has an idea that is almost a throwaway line. It's so quick, but I think it is actually hysterical. So, And are we going to go with like, is this going to be like a New Orleans funeral? Is this going to be like a Viking funeral? Like which cultural folk way are we picking for this funeral? It's going to be more like a goldfish funeral. I mean, sh- it's going to be a goldfish <laughs> <laughs> funeral. Uh, I uh, love the goldfish funeral beautiful. for Optane. Yeah. It's just like Optane died. I flushed it. <laughs> They're there. We'll get another one. That's right. <laughs> I love the goldfish funeral. But, hey, but Tom has been, had a couple of those that have just been, have been great. He's been a great contributor. We got to get him. He, he's not been over to the Discord yet. So we oh, have no, we gotta get him in there. So we have moved from Twitter spaces. And actually tw- Tom worked for Twitter briefly. And we were giving him grief whenever there was any kind of audio problem because he worked for Twitter but before
1: and Oxide and Friends was the reason he
0: installed the app on his phone. <laughs> right. You may recall. Right. 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 Like,
1: right. yes. Despite being a Twitter employee, <laughs> <laughs> resisted yeah.
0: yeah. Uh this is back when Twitter was marginally functional, but obviously as has since left Twitter. We did leave Twitter spaces because we realized that that was, there was no future there. Um, And episodes on that. We had a few episodes on that. It was hard to look away as a technologist. It has been really hard to look away. There is. As technologists, we're attracted to failure, and Twitter flying into the sun has given us lots and lots and lots of failure. I mean, to setting talk about.
1: course for the sun and then flying setting into course
0: the- for the sun and then flying into it It's just been. We've probably dedicated a little too much real estate to Twitter, but we've been on
2: Discord, and that's been great. Got a Tom on,
0: and then another one when we had as uh, John, we had John Masters, John Masters on
2: there. Yeah, we we had him on on the metal, and another particularly cold, cold morning. night. Yeah, that yeah, was I it was remember a that cold, way. bitter night in Oakland. A long one because there was so much rich stuff to get to, but he was on Oxide and Friends. And I, I think he in particular was talking about just the importance of not having the this separation of hardware and software teams. Yeah. Really and then just generally like hardware
0: and software teams. Yeah. If
2: you have separate teams, you have separate products and the importance of building systems together. Yeah. I think in that episode, again, just like another rabbit hole that I went down was listening to the discussion around ddr and and oh, like God, dim training amazing. oh and it's crazy the fact yeah. that this stuff shouldn't work at all and in the case of ddr5 doesn't work at all <laughs> <laughs> but, right. but 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 i mean just the, peeling the ending back a little bit and understanding the, the forces at play where you're trying to get all of this high speed communication done but yet the industry is forcing the cost to be so low that you have this like very brittle system that's ask, being asked to do so much yeah It was another, another fascinating dive, but it's been great to have some of the, on the metal folks. Well, it has been. And we had to have some of these on the
0: metal themes. I mean, we, the tales from the hardware software interface, and we've had a lot of tales from the hardware software interface in oxide and friends. And I think that, you know, we kind of did this slowly at first because people were like, when's on the metal coming back? And we were kind of you know saying, well, we're doing this oxide and friends thing now. And we'll kind of get back to on the metal. And I, at some point kind of realized like, actually. It's going to be oxide and friends. Actually it's like, there are so many advantages to getting a team speaking in its own voice, I feel very strongly about. And we've been able to get these kinds of things that we were never able to get out before. I do love the one-on-one interviews, but um, I just think that there's so many advantages to being able to be current, to be able to talk about a wide variety of issues, get a bunch of folks in there. If You are an On The Metal listener and you've loved On The Metal, gonna love Oxide and Friends. Get the back catalog. Join us at 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm so sorry, Europe. This is not a declaration of war. I, I, it, we, we've done we did, some Europe. We, we've yeah. done we've done some European ones. Yeah, it's it's. We'll do more. We'll do more. Right, Ish. one or two, maybe more. It's it's just 9 a.m. It doesn't have the same. And it's it's the Osteria thing, man. It's the, yeah. the,
1: the that's it's the. I, don't know. I keep a beer in my hand at nine in the morning. You right? exactly
0: join us in the discord. If you've got topics that you want us to cover, uh, let's hear about them. If you've got guests that you, yeah, guests you,
2: people you'd like to have speak,
0: you'd like to this is something that we're going to obviously continue to do. It's been, it's been fun. It's been lightweight. Adam, thank you so much. It's been great. Thank oh, you, Brian. All of the work that you've done and being willing to, as you say, not my worst idea, <laughs> the, but, and I think it's, we ended up being on the, just on the bleeding edge of Twitter spaces and it was, but it, but it's great. I mean, that, discord is actually been really, really good for us. So
1: Discord has been great. We're going to have a lot more episodes. I think folks from the oxide team joining us talking about up and down the stack. And I'm really looking forward to that as we finish things up and as we ship, and as we finalize these things, it'd be great to have the team on.
0: It's going to be so much fun. So, and also I would, a little final bit, I would also encourage your engineering teams out there You should do what we're doing. This is lightweight. It's easy to do. Get your own Discord and let us know what it is. We'd love to listen to other engineering teams talk about this stuff because we think that social audio plays a really important role for developing engineers, for allowing engineers to talk about their work, for allowing engineers to reflect on what they're doing. So. All in social audio and hit that button and subscribe. I don't think I'm not going to beg you for a review. Don't you have to leave a review? If you want to leave a review, leave a review. Right, I, th- right. That's on you. I, I'm not going to sit here and beg for it. But Smash that subscribe button. But, <laughs> but also, like, if you're going to leave a review, though, make sure it's a good review. I mean, like, don't just make sure it's like. I mean, and I no, I don't mean like a multi-star review. I mean, like, just make the thorough. review thorough, right. good. Cackle bladder, cackle bladder. Like, if you, if my. This pronunciation of hagiography and conflagration has made this a two-star podcast for you, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Just fair. call it out. Fair. That's fair. Tough, but fair. Also, no ads. I want to remind you of that. As you're leaving that review, as you go into that two-star, like no ads, that's worth a star, right? right? Like maybe they as a three-star review. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you on the Discord. Yeah. See you. been listening to On The Metal, tales from the hardware software interface. For show notes, to learn more about our guests, or to sign up for our mailing list, visit us at onthemetal.fm. On The Metal is a production of Oxide Computer Company. It's recorded at the Oxide headquarters in Emeryville, California. To learn more about Oxide, visit us at oxide.computer, where you can also learn about our regular podcast, Oxide and Friends, Our original and awesome theme music is by J.J. Weisler at Pollen Music Group. You can learn about J.J. and Pollen at pollenmusicgroup.com. We are edited and produced by Chris Hill and his crew at HumblePod. From all of us at Oxide Computer Company, thanks for listening to On the Metal.